Super Bowl Sunday. How many brought some good soup? Got some good soup, all right, good soup. That's good to know. And, and then tomorrow night, how many are planning on being here for our family Valentine's banquet? Amen, all right, all right. Take your Bibles, open the book of Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do all according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand, or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. I want to preach to you this morning, just for a few minutes, on that God buries his workmen, but carries on his work. God buries his workmen, but carries on his work. That's a quote from Charles Wesley, and we'll get back to that in a little bit. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. You are everything to us. You're my breath. You cause my heart to beat. You cause my lungs to take in air, expel it. But God, you provide for us daily. You give us the ability to work. Father, may we not be unthankful. Lord, we come here and we gather together. Your word tells us that you're here with us today. We praise you and worship you for that fact. May we then, if we truly realize it, be in awe that you are here. God, have your will and way in our lives. Cause this church to be a lighthouse for you. We pray nasty things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Judd, I think you'll like this. I got some Super Bowl stuff here today. 
to talk about since this is Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, today will be the culmination of the 2021 season. Now they played 17 games this year, which they expanded the schedule. So that meant that they played a total of 272 games, regular season games. I like numbers, so bear with me. I'll get through these numbers. Nainer will eat this up too. 272 games. Then they had 13 playoff games. That takes us to 285. And then today will be the last game of the season. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Super Bowl. So 286 games to get to where we are today. And the game's going to be between the Rams and the Bengals. The Rams and the Bengals. And they're going to play here in Los Angeles. The first Super Bowl game was played back on January 15th, 1967. Can anybody tell me who the... Uh, who played in that game? It was the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. And Daner, I apologize, the Packers won 35 to 10 that Sunday. So they played that game at the old Los Angeles Coliseum, which has now been closed. Today's game is going to be played at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. Uh, and that's the home of the Rams. Today's contest will be the 56th contest. The 56th Super Bowl. In other words, it'll be LVI. LVI. Now, over that period of time, there have been a great number of plays. I went onto the internet just to check this out, and I found a place that talked about the top seven plays, at least they rated the top seven plays since 1985. So I'm going to give you the top seven plays. See how many, how many of you remember these. In reverse order. In reverse order. Number seven from Super Bowl 20, and it was between the Bears and the Patriots. The, the Bears won 46 to 10. The big play there was the refrigerator Perry scoring a touchdown. How many remember that? A big 340-pound lineman scoring that touchdown. Yeah. Uh, number six was Super Bowl 34. The Rams stopped the Titans on the one-yard line, and they held on to victory over the Titans 23 to 16. Uh, number five, Super Bowl 46, you had Eli Manning's a perfect throw to Mario Manningham, keeping the drive alive, and the Giants prevailed over the Patriots 21 to 17. Number four, you have Super Bowl 43, you had the catch, the touchdown catch to Santonio Holmes with 35 seconds left, and the Steelers beat the Cardinals 27 to 23. Uh, number, uh, what did it be, three. Number three, Super Bowl 23. How many of you remember this? Joe Montana to John Taylor, game-winning TD. 49ers over the Bengals, 20 to 16. Uh, number two, Super Bowl 36. Uh, Adam Bentoneri was a tremendous field goal kicker, and he did a game-winning kick, the Patriots over the Rams, 20 to 17. And then the, their top-rated one was Eli Manning's Hail Mary pass to David Tyree, and the Giants won over the Patriots, 17 to 14. 17 to 14. I'm gonna move this over here so I can look at you. <clears throat> since that time, since the recording of those top events, uh, a lot of the players uh, have retired. Uh, some have died. Some have died, and they're no longer in the game. And yet, the game goes on. The game continues. 
as others have continued to refine their skills in hopes of one day playing in the Super Bowl. With me, it was baseball, it was playing in the World Series. You're trying to get to that top, top level. Back to our story here we read this morning, what did the children of Israel do when their leader Moses died? What did he do? Let's talk about some of the highlights, what Moses did as he led the children of Israel. He confronted Pharaoh, remember? He said, let my people go. Told him twice, let my people go. Called down the plagues, he parted the Red Sea. He met God on Mount Sinai, that had to have been some meeting. He led the people through the wilderness. Children of Israel must have been thinking, Moses is dead. What will we do? Who's going to lead us? Maybe it would be better if we just went back to Egypt. John and Charles Wesley were two of the children of Susanna Wesley. I believe that she had 17 children. We saw her grave, didn't we not? In England. And John was the preacher who traveled across Europe, England, and then came to America and went up and preaching up and down the east coast of the United States. His brother, Charles, wrote not one, not two, not three. Well, he wrote over 9,000 hymns, over 9,000 hymns, speaking hymns and making melody in your heart. There is, uh, was erected in 1876 a monument uh, at the Westminster Abbey in London, in London. And at the base of that monument are these words, God buries his workmen, but carries on his work. What's he saying? God's workers die, but God's work goes on. God's workers die, but God's work goes on. Moses is dead. Enter Joshua now to take his place. Back to the football illustration. Judge, you probably know all this stuff. But on each team, there's 53 players. 53 players. But only 45 of those players can dress out and be ready to play in the game. You see, there's 11 players that play on the field at any one time, or at least they're supposed to be. There have been times where you have 12, sometimes you have 10, and that's a goof up on the coach's part. But there are 45 that can dress out. You have extra players because of injury. Probably half of the players are defense, half of the players are offense. But as a player on the sideline and you're sitting there, you know that you're a reserve, you're waiting for the coach to come over and say to you, you are up. You are up, get out there. You are up, get out there. Joshua was called by God to take Moses' place. And in essence, he was saying, Joshua, you are up. You are up. As we go through this, make application in your heart and life. Don't know much about Joshua. You know that the Bible says he was the son of Nun. He was from the tribe of Ephraim. His name means Jehovah saves. He spent 40 years with Moses, his number one, he was the number one servant. You remember back when the 12 spies were sent into the land to go to Kadesh Barnea? And there were 12 of them, and there were two of them, Joshua and Caleb, and they came back with a good report. We find out that Caleb was about 40 years old, we're told in 
Joshua 14.7. You might assume that uh, Joshua was about the same age or maybe a little younger, younger. So at this time, Joshua is 70 to 80 years old. You know what? My generation and older, I take joy in this because that's telling me that God still uses older people. Amen? God still uses older people. He uses young people too. Matter of fact, he uses all people. All people. Above everything else, Joshua was a soldier. He knew how to lead. He knew how to fight. He knew how to win. He led the children of Israel in a long series of victories over the Canaanites, starting with the attack on Jericho. Now, Joshua is not as famous as Moses, but he served God just as Moses did. Moses walked with, a God, walked with God in a way that Joshua didn't, but the reverse is true. They walked with God. They walked with God. So the question must have been in the minds of the Israelites, because we're reading this, and we're trying to figure out what are they thinking? What are they thinking? Must have been, what will happen now? What will happen now? You know what? When you dig down on that, there's really a big theological question. And it's this. Can God be trusted once the leader is gone? Once our leader is gone? We all face that question sooner or later in more ways than one. Time moves on. A good politician that we like, oh, he's retiring? Oh, that's one of the good ones. Or a pastor resigns. Or our spouse passes away. What will happen now? What will happen now? Someone said this, going with that question, what will happen now? Nothing that matters has changed. Nothing that matters has changed. What am I saying? You got the same God, you got the same Bible, you got the same Jesus, you got the same gospel. The surroundings may be different, but the message is the same. The message is the same. You can do nothing about somebody retiring. You can do nothing about your loved ones passing away. But remember, nothing matters because nothing has changed. By the way, it'll take all of us time to figure that out individually. We all have to figure that out individually. After the death of Moses, the children of Israel must now discover that truth for themselves. Moses is dead, but nothing that matters has changed. There's questions that we all must answer. Questions like, can we trust God in this new situation? I've never been here before. Can we trust God when so much has changed? Can we trust God when leaders have left? Well, how about this? Bring it home even further. The God of Abraham, is he our God too? The God of Isaac, is he our God too? The God of Jacob, is he our God too? Now the children of Israel must answer that question. The God of Moses, is he our God too? They had to come to grips with this. Consider moving forward. Number one, do not live in the past. Do not live in the past. Verse two, go back there. It says, Moses my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Moses served God in his generation. And when his work was done, God took him home. That's the normal order of things. That's the way it happens. I'm getting older. You know what? 
You may not believe it, Tim, I'm getting older. I'm starting to feel it too, getting a little older. No one lives forever. <clears throat> Someone said it's okay to miss the past, but don't miss the future because you are living in the past. It's okay to, it's okay to miss the past, but don't miss the future because you are living in the past. I can't go back. I can't stay here. I need to go forward. And that's what the children of Israel were faced with. Moses, their leader, had died. What are they going to do? I played a lot of baseball. And uh, I love the competition of baseball. Uh, and I have the saying, if you've been around me, I'll tell you the saying. The saying is this, the older I get, the better I was. That's the neat thing about getting old. The older I get, the better I was. I joke with my son, Matthew. He talked about one time with me. He says, he's got it all figured out. And he says, by the time I reach 80, Dad, I'll be making this much. And I said, well, there you go. I said, when you're 80, you're taking me golfing. Of course, that'd make me 107, but that's okay. But I've played a lot of baseball. The older I get, the better I was. As, as much as I enjoy the, the memories, that's what I have, are the memories. I can no longer play the game like I used to. I, I remember, I think it was Elizabeth. No, it was Emily. There was a game that was going to be had at a church, and she said, Dad, you want to come out and play? The, the, the parents and grandparents can play. I didn't say anything. She said, you've got to play, aren't you? I said, I'm thinking about it. She said, why? I said, well, up until now, I've got some pretty good memories in my head. I don't know if I want to put some bad memories in my head. As a child of God, you must understand that you cannot go back. You cannot stay where you are. Your only direction is forward. When you're tempted to despair, remember that you can't go back. But by God's grace, you can move forward one step at a time. That's the walk of faith. So do not live in the past. Secondly, it's time to move. Second part of verse 2, it says, Arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. And then the following verses, whoops, the following verses talk about the extent of the land that God had promised to the people. God never intended for his people to just have a little small piece of land like they have now. He did not. He wanted them to build a nation that would stretch from the Lebanon and from the Euphrates to the Mediterranean Sea. God promised them this vast area if they would only move out and take it. I gave it to you. It's yours. All you got to do is go get it. Go get it. Basically, in verse 3, he says, I'll give you every place that you put, your foot touches the ground. That's yours. That's yours. Boy, that would be a neat way, Dwayne, to buy property today. I walked it. God said I could have it. It's mine. If they did not take possession of all that God had promised, and they didn't, it wouldn't be God's fault. It wouldn't be God's fault. He would give them as much land as they could stand on. That's quite a promise. That's quite a promise, but it's also quite a challenge. Moses has died. Joshua is the new leader. What's the next step for the children of Israel? Got to cross the River Jordan. They got to cross that Jordan River. Why? Because that's where the promised land is at. On the other side of the Jordan River, that's where the promised land is at. 
But guess what, folks? It's also home to the enemy. It's also home to the enemy. They crossed at a spot, we're told, that is fairly near to Jericho. Jericho. Jericho was just massive, had double walls, high walls, reminding them that they were going to have to fight that to obtain all that God had promised them. When Paul wrote this letter, I'm sorry, when, when in the book of, in, in the New Testament, Paul wrote the first letter to uh, the Corinthians. He offered a comment in chapter 16, verse 9. This is what Paul wrote. He says, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me. As children of God, as we are members of McKeever Baptist Church, we see opportunity. We can do this to move forward. We can do this to move forward. And praise God, then we step through those doors by faith. Individually in our lives, it's the same thing. We step through the doors that God opens for us by faith. But we need to remember what the second part of that verse is. It says in the first part, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. There are many adversaries. You see, the opportunities and enemies often go together. <clears throat> Dr. Bob Jones Sr. had a saying. He said, the door of opportunity swings on the hinges of opposition. The door of opportunity, oh, there's opportunity. It's swinging on the doors of opposition, of opposition. God was telling the children of Israel this. The door of opportunity is there, but there's going to be opposition. There's going to be opposition. You can stay where you are, but there's something going on over there. You can stay where you are, but the miracles are over there. You can stay where you are, but God is calling you to move forward. The question is, will we have the courage to move forward like the children of Israel. Number one, do not live in the past. Two, it's time to move. Three, claim the promises of God. Verse five tells us, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. As you think about this amazing promise, don't overlook the little phrase. A lot of times, Alice and I have been uh, going through the Bible in the mornings early and, and uh, chapters, and we, you can't just read the chapter. You've got to look up all the other verses that go along with them. And, but sometimes we get to reading and we miss a little phrase. The phrase here is, as I was with Moses. He was telling him, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. This morning, God is saying to us, as I was with Moses, as I was with Joshua, I will be with you. I will be with you. Moses stood before Pharaoh, said, let my people go. Pharaoh said, no. Moses said, let my people go. What happened? God hardened Pharaoh's heart, the Bible tells him. And because of that, you have the plagues that come down. I've listed them. You remember, they were the water turned to blood. There was frogs, there was lice. Cattle died, which was the horses, the camel, the oxen, the sheep. Boils, they had boils, hail, locusts, and darkness. And Pharaoh, through all that, said, I'm not going to let them go. And finally, and finally, 
One terrible night, the Bible tells us the Lord went out about midnight in the midst of Egypt. Not the death angel. The Lord went out about midnight in the midst of Egypt and passed over the land, taking the life of every firstborn that did not have the blood on the doorposts. And it was only then that Pharaoh said, I'll let you go. Then when the people of God were trapped at the Red Sea, Moses stretched out his staff, remember? And the waters parted, so they walked across on dry land, not muddy, on dry land. Later, Moses went up the mountain and talked to the Lord. Oh, why? He came down with the Ten Commandments that had been written, the Bible tells us, with the finger of God. Miracle after miracle happened while Moses was alive. For 40 years, their shoes never worn out. How many fathers here this morning would say, oh, that we could live in that day and age where my children's shoes would not wear out? For 40 years, they never ran out of food. For 40 years, they never lost a battle. Moses, what a man. What a man. But he's dead now. He's dead now. And God is going to be with Joshua. Moses had encouraged the children of Israel coming up toward the end of Deuteronomy, getting ready to go to Joshua. He said in chapter 31, verse 6, he was encouraging the people, and he said, Be strong and of good courage, of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And now God says to Joshua, Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Last part of verse 9. That's a wonderful phrase. To know that God will go with me wherever I go. Wherever I go. You know, everything that happens to you today, everything that happened to you yesterday, everything that's going to happen to you tomorrow or next week or next month or years from now, God knows. God already knows. You know, sometimes something happens and we call it an accident. Oh, that was an accident. That was an accident. Sometimes we do things where we shouldn't, George, and and put myself in a situation and I cause an accident. One preacher said, you know, Christians don't have accidents. He said they have incidents. They have incidents. My daughter Emily used to say, God is good. He's good all the time. He's good all the time. In Joshua 1.5, God does not promise Joshua, or for our, that matter, ourselves, an easy road. He does not promise it'll be an easy road. He does not promise a road that's just going to be full of victory after victory after victory. He does not promise us a road that will not cause any tears to fall. You see, when you read through the book of Joshua, you find out very quickly on, this is a book of battles. This is a book of battles. They are fighting. These are God's people and they are fighting. Kiro Baptist Church, we should be fighting to take the word of God out to our neighbors. If you read through that book, and as you read through it, and you look between the lines, you can almost hear the swords clanging against the shields, and you hear men taking their last breath 
as they're dying in these battles. God is saying, you've got to fight for the land I'm giving you. I'm giving it to you, but you've got to fight for it. I'm giving it to you, but you've got to fight for it. How God would love to see this house full. We've got to fight for it. We've got to fight for it. And he said, but I'll go with you when you go. So step one, do not live in the past. Step two, it's time to move on. Step three, claim the promises of God. And step four, very important, choose obedience. Oh, as parents, we love for our children to be obedient. Elizabeth, obedience is being, doing what you're told to do when you're told to do it with the right heart attitude. She can tell you right back. That's what we used to say. We expect that of our children. Well, guess what? That's what God expects of us. He's our, he's our Heavenly Father. We are His children. Go back to verse 6. I'm going to read through verse 9. Verse 6 and read through verse 9. It says, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all to do according to all that is there written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Thou goest. Verse 6, he says, be strong and of a good courage. Verse 7, he says, be thou strong and very courageous. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Boy, I think we dropped the ball there, folks. I think as child of God, the average Christian really drops the ball there. Think of it. Answer this question yourself. How much did I read God's word last week? How much did I drink it in? And really try to see what God was saying. And then did I allow the Holy Spirit to make application in my life? And then verse 9 says, Have I not commanded thee, be thou strong and of good courage? <clears throat> Think of it. How would you like to, to have taken Moses' place? Holy moly. I mean, it's one thing to be a leader, but it's an entirely different thing to be a leader that has to take the place of somebody or fall in line after somebody that's done a really good job. You know? And here is Joshua to take his place. So we have here three times God telling Joshua to be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Why? God knows Joshua. He knows his doubts. I don't know if I can do this. Lord tells him, don't be afraid. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. You know, that same God that spoke to Joshua speaks to us today through his Holy Spirit, through his word. But there's a catch here. You might be saying, I knew it. There's always a catch to a good thing. There's always a catch. You said, that's my promise. I get that. What's the catch? 
God's promise comes with condition. Joshua, Joshua and the people must be careful to obey all the laws that Moses had given them. Obey all the laws. What's that mean for us today? It means we bow to this book. It means we obey this word. It means when it says something plainly and God convicts you and says, you're doing wrong, you change. Why? As we read through the scripture, we go, oh, that's pretty tough there. <laughs> that's a hard word. Know God's word, it tells us in verse 7. It says, talk about God's word in verse 8. In the middle of verse 8, it says, meditate on God's word. Man, we, sometimes we read the Bible and think, okay, I've done it. I'm going to get through the, the book in a year. Great, I read it. And then you never think about anything that you thought uh, read. The Bible says to meditate. We are to meditate on it, to drink it in. And then the last part of verse 8 says we're to obey God's word. How obedient are you? How obedient are you? Note the phrase regarding the law in verse 7. It says, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. They were to obey it to the letter of the law. I've said it some more before. I've not, was, I've not been the first to say it. God's Bible is not like a smorgasbord. It's not like a buffet. You can't come in, pick and choose what you want. It's the whole book. It's the whole book. You know, folks, I think that sometimes we think of ourselves as Christians out on the sea of life. And we think somehow that we're going to Drift into holiness. You don't drift into holiness. The Bible says, be ye holy for I'm holy. What's it take? It takes a relationship. It's amazing when you get around somebody, you might have a good friend. It's amazing how you pick up the characteristics and you act like that individual. Why? Because you like them. You have a good relationship. And it just rubs off that way. Similarly, but more so, when you're around God, His holiness rub off on you. We'll rub off on you. It's like saying, be careful to stay on your diet. Why? Because if you are not careful, you'll probably go off your diet that same day. Be careful to stay on your diet. That's just human nature. That's the way we are. God promises success to the children of Israel. He's promising success to us if we'll obey. Let's ask Let's ask ourselves three questions here. Almost done. When Moses died, Joshua was ready. Why was he ready? Because all along the way, he had been preparing himself. You know, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that when you come into church and sit down in a pew, that's not all of it. That's part of being with the body. That's part of fellowshipping, loving one another. That's part of us sitting and listening and hearing. But what is God preparing you to do? I like to ask people, what has God put in your heart to do? Let's find a way to make that happen. Joshua had been preparing himself for 40 years. When God called him, Joshua didn't have a master plan. He was only determined in his mind to obey. Whatever he says, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. And then thirdly, when he ordered the people to move out, Joshua had no knowledge of what was going to happen tomorrow. 
but he set out anyway. That's stepping out by faith. The Bible is full of children of God, Christians that stepped out by faith. Joshua was a prepared man. He was a called man. He was an obedient man. I think we need to ask ourselves that question this morning. Sometimes God confirms his will after we obey, not before. Joshua didn't know how the walls of Jericho would come down or if, what would happen there. But he moved out anyway. He moved out anyway. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. We need to draw from this. Draw from this. We need to learn to trust God and step out by faith. Three statements. When we let go of the past, it's only then that we're free to pursue and go into the future. Sometimes, you know, we might be guilty of saying, I've been in this church for many years. Do you want to see God bless? Sometimes you need to let go of the past and move forward. Also, when you lead with courage, you'll have others around you that will be encouraged and they'll follow your example. They can do it, I can do it. And it's only when you dare to trust and obey that's when you get to see the miracles. That's when you get to see the miracles. John Wayne, my favorite cowboy, said, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway, you know? We saw him do it so many times in those westerns. Well, it was just fake. It was just, as we say, Alice and I, it was in the script. It was in the script. That's what they were doing. It was fake. But what he's saying is true. Men, a lot of times, in wars or different situations, had to reach down within themselves and get the courage to step out and do something when they were just as afraid as everybody else. And yet they did it. The difference here is that we're not strong in our own strength but in the strength of God. Turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41. We are not strong in our own strength, but in the strength of God. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Well, children of Israel is going, Moses is dead. But I can hear the other children of Israel saying, yes, but God is alive. God is alive. And God says, Joshua, you're up. You're up. The Super Bowl today will come and go. Many players will never play in it again. In a sense, they'll be dead to the game. They'll be buried, if you will. However, there'll be others that will step up and play the game. McKee Road Baptist member, are you willing to be a Joshua this morning? Are you willing to be a workman? God buries his workmen, but carries on his work. Some of us may not be here next year. But God will carry on his work. Will you be God's workman? Just like Joshua, you and I, we're up. Every head bowed, every eye closed. 
every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you so much for listening to me. I know I've gone longer today. As Alice begins to play the piano, I wonder, has God spoken to your heart today? I've not said anything about if you've entered here and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, that today can be the day of your salvation. And you say to you briefly that Jesus sent his only begotten son and died on the cross at Calvary. Pay the penalty of all the sin of all of mankind. The Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish in 1 Peter, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible tells us in Romans that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here this morning and do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, please come forward. And we can take the Bible and show you from God's word how you can know that you are saved. But how about it, folks? How about it, folks? Are you going to step up? Are you sitting and just kind of dwelling in the past? Or are you going to go ahead and move on and walk by faith in the future? Whatever your need is, God wants to meet with you. Father, have your will and way in hearts and lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand together.